Good morning. Aloha. Good to be with everybody today. We're studying the Holy Spirit and the different symbols that are used in regards to the Holy Spirit in Scripture and in the liturgy of the church. Um, and we're talking about fire. You know, it's interesting, fire and water, they say don't mix, but both of them are symbols of the Holy Spirit, uh, as well, of course, oil. Fire and, and other things. Fire. While water signifies birth and the fruitfulness of life given in the Holy Spirit, fire symbolizes the transforming energy of the Holy Spirit's action. And, and the Holy Spirit is active and alive, right? Doing the stuff. The prayer of the prophet Elijah, who arose like fire and whose word burned like a torch, brought down fire from the heaven on the sacrifice on Mount Carmel. Now, the thing about Mount Carmel is, I call it the Super Bowl of the gods. Uh, the people at that time, uh, Ahab had married Jezebel, King Ahab had married Jezebel, and she, uh, she worshipped false gods. And the type of gods they worshipped uh, were uh, the dying and rising corn kings, as we call them, um, of the fertility gods. Every fall, every winter they would die, and every spring they would ra be raised again. And the way the worship took place was by uh, men going in and having sex with the, the, the priestesses. It was a form of a fertility cult, right? That's what it was, is fertility religion. And so, of course, that's not moral. And the other thing that they did is they would sacrifice their children, uh, their infants and their babies, to the fire. Uh, the god Moloch, or Baal, Baal uh, as, a, as a form of appeasing God and also to try to seek his will. So we know that God is our God, the God of the universe, is not someone we appease, he's someone we please. But Elijah challenged the prophets, priests and prophets of Baal uh, to the Super Bowl up there on Mount Carmel. I've been to Mount Carmel. When you're up there, you can see the ocean on one side and then of course uh, the, the, it leads on the other side over to Jerusalem and, and actually to Galilee. Uh, but anyway, when you're when he did that, the priests and prophets of Baal were jumping around and dancing and and doing their thing and asking their God to send fire. And their God was a God of fire, so they thought they were going to win this this battle. But all they all the whole day went on and and no fire fell from the sky to burn up this this sacrifice. They they had stacked stacked wood and had a sacrifice. And uh, halfway through, Elijah says, "Where is your God? Has he gone aside?" Which really in Scripture means. Has he gone to the bathroom? So he insulted them, and then they started getting really vigorous with their their jumping and shouting and dancing and started cutting themselves even. So they were very sincere in their false religious beliefs. Um, and then finally, it was Elijah's turn. And Elijah brought more wood, uh, brought lots of water, and put the water on the wood. Which, so you think about it, the water was probably salt water because there was a drought. They probably brought the water up from the ocean. They, they put water all over the wood to prove that there wasn't some trick. You know, there wasn't some trick that he was using to get the fire started. And that's what the Holy Spirit is, the symbol of water, right? Uh, and wood is the symbol of what? Of man, the cross, uh, our humanity, our, our you know, um, the, wood, the wood of our humanity. But not only, did he, not only did he pour water out, but then he poured fire out. Then he asked God to send the fire. And of course, the fire came and consumed all the wood and even dried up all the water. So the symbol, one of the symbols of the Holy Spirit is water 
and another one is fire. So the prayer of the prophet Elijah who arose like fire and whose word burned like a torch brought down fire from heaven on the sacrifice on Mount Carmel. You can find that in 1 Kings 18 and also in the book of Sirach, uh, chapter 48, which um, you won't find in the Protestant Bible that was taken out by Luther. This event was a figure of the fire of the Holy Spirit who transforms what he touches. John the Baptist, who goes before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah, proclaims Christ as the one who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with what? And with fire. By the way, if you hear say aloha, tell us tell us where you're where you're watching from. Jesus will say of the Spirit, I came to cast fire upon the earth, and would that it was already kindled. So Jesus said, Don't think that I came came to bring peace, I came to bring a sword. He said, I came to bring a fire, and I wish it was already burning. And of course, that happened. The fire fell on Pentecost. Jesus will say of the Spirit, I came to cast fire upon the earth and wood that it was already kindled. In the form of tongues, as of a fire, the Holy Spirit rests on the disciples in the morning of Pentecost and fills them with himself. When the Holy Spirit fills you, it doesn't take away who you are. It makes you more of who you are. When the Holy Spirit fell, fell on um, King David, for example, he danced and leaped and whirled about. Um, but every, every single person more fully ignites who they are, who, what their natural soul is, uh, um, purifies it and, 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 and propels that natural living soul that each of us uniquely has in its own unique and special way. I know I've been fortunate to pray for people to receive the baptism of the Spirit. It's always beautiful to see the different ways in which the Holy Spirit blesses them. Some with tears, some with laughter, some with uh, a tremendous peace, and some with no feeling at all. Uh, and yet the power of the Holy Spirit is still there, still filling them. Aloha, Fred. Good to see you, my brother. The Holy Spirit rests on the disciples on the morning of Pentecost and fills them with himself. The spiritual tradition has retained the symbolism as fire as one of the most expressive images of the Holy Spirit's actions. Do not quench the Spirit. Like, like you would, you don't put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. And you can also fan into flame the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives through prayer and, and, uh, and seeking. Hey, Jane, aloha. Good to see you. Uh, tell everybody where you guys are watching from. It's good to kind of get to know each other a little bit. And then, of course, there's the cloud and the light of the Holy Spirit. Do you remember in the, in the um, tabernacle in the wilderness? It was so cool. The Holy Spirit would guide them as a, as a uh, cloud by day and by, by fire at night. And so when they were in the wilderness, they would, put, they would assemble the tent of meeting, the tabernacle, the uniquely designed tabernacle uh, for God. The cloud would fill would 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 fill that uh, the holy of holies, and then would hover above it, and it would be fired at night. Isn't that amazing? Roscoe, Illinois. Okay, glad you're here, Jane. And um, they would follow this cloud. Sometimes the cloud would rise up above the tabernacle, and then it would start to move. And the armies of Israel knew the people of Israel knew. Oh my gosh, it's time to get get our act together. We got to get our tents taken down. We got to assemble. And they would assemble by tribe. 
and then they would follow that cloud. And guess who was the first, uh, the first in line to follow the cloud? The, uh, the singers, the singers. In fact, when Israel went into war in those days, they would, they would send the choir in first. <laughs> Why? Because praising the Lord, praising, praising the Lord. Hey, Fred, we got two people from Illinois in the house here today, this morning. Looks, it's good. So uh, that's why in your own life, sometimes you'll sense you're doing something and, and then you will kind of feel like the grace of God has lifted you, has lifted from that situation. Maybe it's a place you work or a project that you've been working on forever and you just don't sense God's pleasure or peace uh, there at that time. And you must wonder, has the cloud lifted? Is the Lord leading me sub to something else? And you look and follow that cloud. I know that happens in me, for me in ministry many times, doing something and then the Lord say, okay, you're done, now let's go do this. So we have to be attentive to the cloud and where the Holy Spirit's leading us. So the two images occur together in the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. In the Theophanies of the Old Testament, a Theophany is a pre-incarnate manifestation of God before Jesus came to earth. The cloud, now obscure, now luminous, reveals the living and saving God. Remember when Moses saw him on uh, Mount Sinai? While availing the transcendence of his glory with Moses on Mount Sinai at the tent of meeting, that's the tabernacle I was talking about, and during the wandering in the desert, they weren't really wandering, God was leading them. That's a different, maybe a different way to say it. And with Solomon at the dedication of the temple, in the Holy Spirit, Christ fulfills these figures. The Spirit moves upon the Virgin Mary and overshadows her so that she might conceive and give birth to Jesus. Where else do we see in the New Testament? On the Mount of Transfiguration, the Spirit and the cloud came and overshadowed Jesus. Moses and Elijah were there. Wouldn't that have been cool? And Peter, James, and John. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my Son my chosen and then what does he command us to do listen to him i remember once i read the bible the new testament the old testament and then the new testament again all in a six-week period i took a had a hiatus between uh, things that i was doing and i just focused on reading scriptures the two things that stood out to most of me in the scriptures as you as you read the beautiful tapestry is god asking his people to listen and God asking his people to wait and rest in him, the promised land of rest. Wait, rest, listen. And I have a very, very busy mind. I much prefer to sit and read a heavy, heavy book. Like I have my whole new set of C.S. Lewis books here, which I'll be reading after I finish the Divine Comedy and my book on Aristotle. I like to do that. For me to be quiet and to be still and to listen is, is, is not uh, is not easy so now I've turned the page on my catechism so but God wants us to, I remember reading that and the Lord teaching me uh, asking telling his people wait and listen in the promised land of rest and you know rest is tough but it's really I remember one time the Lord showed me the RE of recognize meaning recognize who, that God is God and you're you're not and the last two let so the first two letters of recognize and the last two letters of trust uh, equal rest. So recognize that he's God, you're not, and trust him. And, uh, and it's important to rest. And what that means is, um, 
Well, Paul said strive to, what was he telling us to work really hard at? Strive to work hard at, do a lot of push-ups. No, strive to enter into God's rest. Seek, so you have to work at prayer. You have to work at that quiet time and enter into God's rest. So finally, the cloud took Jesus out of the sight of the disciples on the day of his ascension and will reveal him as the Son of Man in glory on the day of his final coming. And you know what? Yesterday was a whole day more extra day until the coming of God. We're one day closer today than we were yesterday to the return of Christ. So have a really good football weekend. Will you pray for me? I'm rehabbing a hip I tore. I'm going to physical therapy today so I can get out. They, they let me paddle my stand-up board but won't let me surf. I can paddle my canoe, but I can't surf my canoe. I can putt, but I can't golf. I can't walk very far. So pray that my hip will be miraculously uh, and quickly restored. Maka'i noa okamakua. Kekeki. Ameke uhana hemalele. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Sick and bears. Rooting for my, my, my uh, alma mater, Baylor, t tomorrow. Aloha.